0: Welcome to Quit Bleeping Around, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve more in life. Here's your host, Christina Eanes. Hey, Super Achievers. Today, I'm interviewing Jody Hume. After a 15-year career as COO of a growing architecture firm, Jody shifted gears and has made a name for herself over the last decade, providing on-call decision support and facilitated leadership conversations for startup founders, corporations, entrepreneurs, and executives. Welcome, Jody. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Well, you have a very interesting background and a very timely topic. So (laughs) (laughs) before we get into that topic, though, I would love for
1: listeners to learn more about you. Sure. Um, so I think like a lot of people, I didn't exactly plan out my path of how I would get to where I am right now. Or I guess I planned out parts of it, but those didn't go as planned. And <laughs> um, and and the real truth of the matter is there's there's not a single thing that I get paid to do now that I charge fees for from people to do that I even knew existed until I was in my 30s. So um, it was kind of an interesting path. But I've only recently looked back and realize that that actually goes back to my early, early childhood because of, of this stuff. Because my my mom was an entrepreneur, her parents were entrepreneurs, and so I have been sitting in on and absorbing how people make decisions where there's a lot of uncertainty and not a lot of like exacting paths forward. You know, a lot of competing priorities since I was a, a tiny child because those conversations are always happening around me, and then. Through a a, a weird chain of events of how my career rolled out, I ended up spending... 15 or 17 years at an architecture firm that I had planned to work for for about six months. And from about my third month there, because of a position that they handed me um, to, to take over the marketing, I ended up sitting in on their weekly leadership team meetings every single week. And then also their retreats from age 23 on to however old I was when I finally left. And so my entire background um, while not the jobs that I was doing, you know, I ended up being the COO of that firm because they just wanted to be architects. And so I slowly kind of, I get, I like to make things better and then I start to get bored with them. So I would make marketing better and then I would took over the finances and I ran the office so they could just be <laughs> architects. And um, those things all came together in like a bunch of puzzle pieces came together to give me this really interesting background and and set of skills that I couldn't have even asked for where, I, I was, you know, I helped make decisions as our firm grew from eight people to almost 50 people over those number of years. So that's a lot of different circumstances of a growing service company. And I was in on and informally facilitating those conversations for all of that time. And now that's what I do for a living. So it was a kind of funny way to back into a, an industry.
0: Isn't it interesting how it's almost like full circle.
1: It, it really is, and I only just recently realized that I was like, oh, you know, in a lot of ways, my entire childhood was also this, and it just sort of snapped together, and I was like, oh, interesting. <laughs> and now you help people do that, yeah.
0: Yeah. So now you do, uh, I know you do some, uh, you talk about strengthening your ability to navigate uncertainty. Mm -hmm. Can you share some ideas (laughs) for for doing that with our listeners?
1: Yeah, I I will. And and, um, that has always been a thread of mine of deciding in uncertainty, but boy in 2020 it's like it's like the the arrow that i feel like i'm pulling out of my my quiver on a daily basis because it is just it is nothing but uncertainty and and the interesting thing is that's always been a big thread in my work but now it's a big thread in my life i mean my my son is a senior in in high school and so what college applications that's nothing but uncertainty and this the biggest piece of advice and guidance um Almost sounds like a platitude and sort of like a roll your eyes, but but if you can slow down and really absorb into it, you know, really step into it, it really is the wisest advice. And and that is be really clear about what your first, next steps are only. Like a lot of the anxiety around deciding and uncertainty comes when you are trying to guess about the fifth, sixth, eighth step down the road instead of just the first, next step and part of that is because we imagine that there's a map and like someone's been here before and there's an exacting map and if we just follow it perfectly we'll get to where we want to go when in fact in times of uncertainty what's really happening is that the landscape is changing all around us you know as every time we take a step there are things are shifting and there are other considerations that we couldn't even have anticipated before but but the important thing to remember and i think this is the hardest part It's not just new challenges that show up. Like when we when we zoom out into future steps of a thing, we our brains are wired to identify and worry about the obstacles that will be out there on step second, third, fourth, fifth, and try to like navigate around those things. We, for some reason, our brains don't necessarily aren't they aren't as good at at noticing what other opportunities will show up out there because of those first couple steps you make. And so while I would never suggest that you don't think about those things, you know, if I imagine a metaphor of like walking forward, you want to glance up. You don't just want to be staring at your feet. So you want to glance up and make sure you're not headed for a ravine or, <laughs> or they're yeah. not wolves in front of you. You know, there, there are some things there, but that at the end of the day, finding some kind of solace in knowing that the only decision you can make right now is the first one. And so just make your first decision. Don't get stuck. Like a lot of people just become paralyzed because there's so much uncertainty. They're scanning around looking for a solution that feels like they know it will be the right one. And you're not going to find that. Like it's, that is not a feeling. If you're used to choosing by that feeling, you're not going to find that feeling. And so it's it's finding that feeling in building some trust that if you take some action, that you're just reasonably sure isn't a terrible action that then you can reassess on the new variables that you see because every step brings new variables to help you choose
0: yeah I, sorry i was <laughs> you took me down the whole how our brain is um it, it, getting in our way, essentially, because it's looking for threats, right? It's looking right. for those obstacles.
1: Right. And, so and, and, and I it's, love, yeah. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it looks for the obstacles and it doesn't see the opportunities. And I think everyone knows a story of someone we all have these, like what we put them in this category of almost something magic of like, well, that person lost their job, but it turned out to be the best thing ever because blah, 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 blah. And yeah. or, or, you know, this relationship broke up, but it turned out to be, you know, a blessing in disguise because blah, blah, blah. And we tell those things as if they are lore, <laughs> yeah. as, as if some magic fairy came down. And what is actually true that we just sort of skip over is the world keeps throwing opportunity at us and we, we have other choices after the first choice. And yeah. we just, it's really hard to remember that sometimes.
0: Yeah. So how do we essentially retrain our brains? Let's say there's that individual listening that they're uncertain about whether they're going to have their job in the next month, or uh, they have actually lost their job and they're uncertain on whether they're going to be able to find a job in the next month. What would be a good way that that individual could maybe focus and retrain their brain on that first step?
1: So I think... I think chunking it down into um, what you have control over and what you don't have control over. And that's a big, that's a big ask. I I throw that out there as if it's like, just do this. (laughs) it It is, it is like a master's level degree in, in retraining your brain. So I don't say that lightly, but it is a thing. Um it is a thing to notice one of my favorite memes shows this this um I believe it's a monk of of some kind you can only see him from the back but he's standing on a rock in the middle of a placid lake it's just this really you know very zen looking kind of photo and at the top it says relax and then at the bottom it says nothing is under control <laughs> <laughs> And I love it because because there actually there really are only some things we can control and what I am so aware of is that your, your brain and your body and both physically and, and just biologically, which is also physically, but there's some other distinction there I'm making, but I won't dwell on trying to make what it is. Um, (laughs) there, there's only so many resources there. Like you, you can rev yourself up and use up the fuel of your mental and emotional resources by worrying about the things that you actually can't control. And so what is within your control? Like which buttons on the dashboard can you push and work on? So, you know, if, if you don't, I mean, not having a job and wondering if and when and how you'll find one is wildly stressful. I mean, there's, there's no magic button that's going to make that feel better, but But what can make you feel better is noticing what is within your locus of control and and working on those things instead of just being paralyzed. I think deciding an uncertainty gets tricky when you are trying to find the solution that will solve all the pieces instead of just looking at what piece can I solve? So who do I know? And this is the, this comes back to another brain thing. And I promise I won't, I won't neuroscience geek out with you the whole time. Oh, I love neuroscience (laughs) geeking out. It's all good. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh, uh-oh, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So here's the thing about what can be really tricky when you're in a high state of anxiety. So um, if you are in a position, because what we're asking of someone who is in a position, let's use the example, doesn't have a job. That is really high anxiety. And yeah. when you are and, and in the brain, when your value feels threatened, it does this exact same. If you watch uh, like fMRI scans, the exact same thing happens in the brain as if a tiger walks in the room. The same fight or flight mechanism where all that blood and glucose from from uh, all the blood from the prefrontal cortex, which is the part that, you know, you really need for nuanced, careful, creative thinking gets sucked out and goes to that reptilian brain of like fight or flight. So you yeah. really don't have access to your more thoughtful, considered, creative, nuanced thinking part of your brain. and And that is part of why it just feels like this panic state. So, finding any way to calm that down, to calm down the panic response, so that you can be more thoughtful, and and so that might look like the first step if you're feeling really high anxiety about all these things, is to take a walk or take a long hot shower or do something that can calm you down, and and get into a little bit of a state of relaxation because that, without um, alpha waves present, which are relaxation vibes. Insights can't happen. It's a they were there was a study where they were trying to look at how um, they were looking for something else, and they discovered this. Um, like you're trying to look at how alpha wave, um, how insights happen, and they were they were trying to what they what they didn't find was what makes them happen. They found a near hundred percent correlation, which just doesn't happen in studies of when they wouldn't happen, and uh. if there weren't alpha waves present in the brain um there then no one ever got the puzzle, figured out the puzzle. There wasn't a single person who who wow. got it if there wasn't some amount of alpha relaxation, so if the person was tense, they never solved the problem and got got the insight so Getting your calming that calming that response down so that you have access to your entire brain <laughs> to use for this complicated problem. It really is step one. But then, when you do, then you then you will be more able to look at what you have control over. Who can I talk to? You'll, you'll have better access to think. All right, who do I know? Who can I talk to? What other options do I have? Um, where else can I can I do? I have a a, a Place to look where I could solve this problem, and just interestingly, I really saw this happen in March with a lot of my clients, where um, because I, I work with business owners, and you know, early March was just a panic point for many of them, and many yeah. of them went into panic mode, and I saw sides of them I had never seen before, just a, a lack of, I mean, to oversimplify it, so I don't have to tell you twelve stories, they just seemed less smart. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Then they Pure normally amygdala did. Hijack, yeah, right?
1: Totally <laughs> hijacked. Like some of the things are like, well, I could just do this. And I was really happy I wasn't staring them in the face because I made the like, <laughs> are you like, what? Like, is, <laughs> do you even realize that? Um, I mean, one tiny example was they were talking about having the things printed for their clients and and that the business center people who normally print them in their office wouldn't be there. And they're like, well, you know, we'll just have... I know it'll be an extra expense, but we'll have to send them to the local printer. And I'm like, the, who is also not going to be in their <laughs> office? And, um, and and let's not forget that the people you're printing for, at your client are also not going to be in their office and able to get the printed thing. But they just, they couldn't see that far because it was panic. Yeah. Whereas I have one client and one client only whose initial instinct... Like we're gonna write a case study on this, she went away for three days. Like she was, she just felt herself rev up into this like kind of (laughs) vibrating vibe of amygdala hijack. She went away and she cut herself off. She stopped. She stopped thinking about everything, and she just you know kayaked and was. She was at a cabin, and she came back with. Levels of creative pivoting and you know ideas and ways to navigate through this uncertainty that was beyond top notch. I mean, it was just it was it was like Olympic level strategy. And wow. can I say that is the only reason? Of course not, but it sure did feel like a really relevant data point. And the problem is when you are anxious, when you are stressed, nothing in your body says. I'll go relax for a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. 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 That's the worst (laughs) idea, you know, fight, flight, or take a nap. Um, Yeah. avoid. avoid. Well, and that's the funny thing. Avoiding is so different though. Like avoiding is still, it's right there in the room with you. You're just pretending it's not there. Yeah. And, and she just, she made sure she got calm and focused. She, it's not like she wouldn't think about it when she had thoughts. Well, I mean, some of these ideas she had came while she was there, but while she was like sitting on the porch, reading a different book, all of a sudden, an idea came to her because it calmed down. Yeah. And she was able to actually think of those things. And I have been trying to practice this um in all of, you know, outside of my client work, everything in my life feels that way. You know, from my son's college to um to his choices about what he does and what he doesn't do. And my daughter who's going into high school. And I mean, honestly, in these days, it <laughs> doesn't it feel like just going to the grocery store feels like <laughs> <laughs> it involves life or death decisions sometimes, and so I've really been trying to practice this: like get just disconnect a little bit here and there, make sure that I have the the internal capacity. Um, because because here's I think one of the most important things is that the, when there's a lot of uncertainty, it, it feels like what you want is a map, which I mentioned earlier. But yeah. really, what you need maps. It, it's it's and people are like, well, I want a map, but I can't find a map. And that feels frustrating. I would really love to invite people into some amount of surety from knowing that actually a map would not be helpful because that assumes that someone has been in this situation before and took the time to write it down and put waypoints and guide points and whatnot before. And that would be terribly misleading in a situation where there is a lot of uncertainty because maps are only helpful. When there has uh, to to map out certainty. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) they're not helpful. The terrain
0: is known. (laughs) When the terrain is
1: known, a map is really helpful. So, just even disconnecting from the concept of wishing there was a map and leaning into learning what I equate to orienting skills. So when there is no map, what do you guide by? Well, where are the stars? And, you know, what do I know that, that this... I, what I do know is there's a river and I do know that it goes north and south. So if I'm near that river, I must either be on the east or west side of that river. That's a... That still has some uncertainty, but there's some amount of orienting guidance you can work with there. And so that's when you can find that. What do I know? And I'll I'll tell you a great example... That I've heard over and over again on these, these seminars I've been attending with my son about what is college applications going to look like this year? More often than not, the colleges are saying, we don't know, but then, <laughs> yep. but then they say the thing that is, that is way more important than we don't know, which for some people just amps up the anxiety, but they keep saying, but we don't know, but also every other kid on the planet is in the same situation as you are and every college is in the same situation and we will continue to adapt and figure it out together you know don't get panicked because you're having trouble finding an SAT spot every kid on the planet is having trouble finding SAT spots or because your internship was canceled so were 90% of other kids internships yeah. like the, you're you're getting revved up about things that we already know are not going to be the normal things which i think is the other glitch with times of massive uncertainty is that you you scan around and you find all the normal regular problems to worry about but you forget that that the whole world will have to start thinking up new solutions to these yeah. problems because they, i mean <laughs> every kid in the, every kid in the world's not going to get rejected from college because they didn't have a junior year internship. Like (laughs) not going to happen. Like they're (laughs) going to figure out a different way to do things. And so it also takes some patience and I guess trust that we can keep figuring it out together.
0: Yeah. Well, and I also like that you say we're in this together, which what I hear from that too, is find a good support system if you don't already have one. that you can be in this together with.
1: Yes, yes. um, This is a theme that I I certainly... I grew up in West Virginia, and I don't know if that's part of why I feel so strongly about this or if it was more just the time I grew up in, um, where this this sense of it takes a village, for me, goes way beyond just raising children. I think it takes a, a village to run a business. I think it takes a village for everything in the world (laughs) and finding the people that you can, uh, you can check in with and, and who can do everything from help to also just give you some perspective and also sometimes just listen and Lino and I, um, there's a Seth Godin quote that says, um, if you, Actually, this is not how he says it, but I can never remember his words. But the basic <laughs> idea. Um, he says, if you have a problem that you can't talk about, now you have two problems. Yeah. And that Ooh. to me, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because if that leads to you getting stuck, that is where, like, that's, that's probably at the core of, of everything that I do. Don't like the, the tragedy of spinning wheels or being stuck is always the worst. Of this of the strategies, you you make a move, you take an action, or you know that right like right now, there's no action to take, and I just have to wait a little bit. That's also an action. it's a it's a choice that the wise thing to do is to hold off and not take a bunch of panicked actions, also smart. Um, but that wisdom to be able to step back and know that, I think, is one of the most important things, yeah.
0: Nice. Wow, so lots of awesome information. Now I know you mentioned to uh you work with clients.
1: Can you share a little bit more about your services? Yeah. Um, so a lot of it, I, I still do. There is part of my business that is what it was when I started it. <laughs> Talk about adapting, uh, which is facilitation, both of um, you know leadership teams and strategic planning sessions and whatnot. And also something that kind of looks like coaching, which is what I was doing in the beginning. But um, it has really evolved for all the reasons of the things we're talking about here to something that, doesn't have a handy name, but I, I essentially, I I would call it decision support. Um, all the work that I do one-on-one with clients is, uh, is on call because the problems don't happen like every second Tuesday at three o'clock for a regularly scheduled appointment. (laughs) Um, and what I really love doing is this root cause analysis of a problem. And, and so just very quickly, I'll have someone, my clients call me when they're, feeling a certain way, whether it's spinning their wheels or indecisive, or they just have something that they don't have somebody else to talk it through with for a wide variety of reasons um, that, that that can be the case. And, um, and and this isn't just business owners. I have people who have me uh, just to call to talk things through to help to get to a bottom of a decision because When someone is feeling like they're spinning their wheels, it's often because it's like watching someone else parallel park a car. There's something that they can't (laughs) see, right? Because Uh for them, they're balancing like 82 different variables, and what if and what if, and they can't separate fact from fiction from fears. It all feels the same, and it's so it's it's got them all all clogged up. And it's almost like your print heads on your printer, and you need to like clean the print heads. (laughs) So (laughs) when I talk to somebody. And they're talking about some big decision they have that they can't seem to to find the sea legs or solid ground to decide on. Maybe it's like my version of icy dead people. But there's, there's a big difference between when someone's dragging their feet because down deep they think it's a really bad idea. Or if they're dragging their feet because down deep they know it's a really good idea, but it's just really scary for some reason. So those mm. are two very different things. And the third thing I hear, frankly... I won't say most of the time, but way more than you might expect. Sometimes they're just exhausted. And if I honestly, if I'd said, do you want a hamburger or a cheeseburger? I'm not sure they'd be able to decide. And that is where the thread of like the energy management piece of it is so important because it doesn't, in those moments, kind of like we were talking about the rest before, in those moments, nothing in their body or brain is telling them that, Going to rest or going to renew in some way is the right thing to do, but that's where I really hold a hard line. Say like, we're going to stop right here. Go do something. Like, get outside. If you can't take a nap or take a day off, just you have to do something to renew and refresh. And then we'll pick this back up again. And ninety percent of the time, they'll call the next day or two days later and just be like, "Yeah, we're good. Like, (laughs) Like, (laughs) I'm fine. It all seems clear now." But and that seems kind of like almost silly, but it, it doesn't change the fact that they, that the stuck can't stay there. And so it's like getting that, getting whatever it is, whatever gunk there is out of the way so that they can keep rolling forward.
0: Nice. And so the, uh, people want to learn more and contact you They go to your website. What do you, what do you
1: recommend? Um, actually the best thing to do is to go to leadingclarity.com. Um, because there you can find both a link to my services, um, as well as a link to the podcast I do weekly, where we just talk about all sorts of different, um, business and also life lessons, um, with a lot of laughing and stories and whatnot. So both of those things are at leadingclarity.com. Excellent. I will make sure that gets in the show notes. Thanks.
0: Okay. So uh, what final piece of advice do you have for our listeners?
1: Yeah, I I often come back to um, that, that, I will often say that it should never be lonely at the top that, you know, if it feels lonely at the top and that's not just a business thing, like as a parent, you're at the top of the decision making of that little business of your family. And, um, if it feels lonely, if you don't have people to talk things through with, find some people. Um, that's, that's part of why I run round tables for different kinds of discussion groups or, um, or offer these these like short phone calls for people, find someone that you can talk things through with to to keep moving forward because when when conversations don't have a place to go, that is when it can feel just really heavy and bogged down like mm, I love it because we're in this together. We are in this. <laughs> you know if ever I have always felt that way, but uh-huh. I, I, but in this year, if there's one thing that I think is actually lovely about 2020, which I'm actually laughing. I've I have never said the words lovely and 2020 in the same sentence before, but I just did. <laughs> what the one thing that I am grateful for is that it has broken down a lot of of like formality and like silly rules about things. I mean a year ago people would be mortally embarrassed if their child walked in while they were on a business Zoom call as if we're as if we're ashamed we have children, which we're not. So why yeah. why is it horribly embarrassing if your child walks in? It's just it's silly. And so a lot of those things have kind of broken down I think and I do hope we can find some amount of this we are in this together and sustain it long yeah. this year.
0: Oh, well, thank you so much for joining us today, Jody. Thank you for having me. This is a joy. If you'd like to learn more about Jody, visit her website at leadingclarity.com. Interested in expanding your employee development program? Visit christinaeans.com to
1: look at the many workshops Christina has available for you.